Welcome back into another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. Thank you guys so much for all the feedback you've given us so far on the early season episodes of NFL Reacts. We're so close to the start of the regular season. Uh, We're really excited for everything that we're doing at the SB Nation NFL show. So we do need you guys to subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing. We've got you covered all throughout the week, all throughout the NFL regular season. I do want to let you guys know we're recording this on Thursday in case there's any breaking news that happens over the next 24 hours instead of our normal episode that we drop on Friday. This will drop on Friday morning, but we're recording it on Thursday afternoon. Uh, Today on NFL Reacts, we've got some bold predictions for week one of the NFL season. So I need to welcome in Kate Magic of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., Before we dive into the news this week, do you guys need to get off any jokes or takes about the storied Bishop Sycamore High School football program? Oh, I have a lot of questions. I have (laughs) so many questions. The guy fired himself is like the newest story, like the newest plot twist to everything. I don't understand how this exists. I don't understand how these like high end uh, in terms of like competitiveness, right? High schools are scheduling this team that is not even certified to play against teams in their own state. Like none of this makes sense. Why? Okay, why wait a minute, why? guys. I missed all of this headline. Please. Can oh, you, you don't summarize? No. Can you summarize? Uh, and for maybe perhaps our listeners who are also living under a rock with me, um, can you summarize in uh, like two to three sentences. What the heck is going on? <laughs> two to three sentences is going to be tough. Uh, a fake high school that is in theory online, but seems like it's not even that uh, is putting junior college players on the field against like the elite high schools uh, in terms of like football, like IMG Academy. And they got on ESPN. Uh, the players are were caught like, switching helmets because they don't have enough helmets for the team all sorts of stuff uh a player came out i think anonymously and talked to complex about like what they're going through and they're talking about like sleeping on the floors how they kind of got like swindled by this head coach who not only started this school but started a school previously and then just basically changed their name after it was kind of shown to be a fraud yeah a lot of things are going on here and uh then he was like, yeah, I got, I got canned. And people were like, what do you mean? You run the school? <laughs> like, you run the school. What do you mean you got canned? Not a real like, who canned you? Did you fire yourself? Like, what does this even mean, man? This guy apparently had an active arrest warrant while he's on the sideline. Yeah, for fraud charges for the first school. Game. Yeah, on ESPN. And so... It was a big story this week where there was a lot of like serious investigative journalism done about how this team wound up on ESPN. And not only that, got blown out by a bunch of high school kids. And some of these kids are like 20, 21 years old. So it's kind of sad, uh, but there, there's still some, some funny nuances to the entire thing. My Lord, um, I really have been living under a rock. I'm not sure how... Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to like get moved into our house and stuff before the football season. So I feel like I haven't been spending enough time monitoring the news or Twitter apparently. And that has been confirmed. Yeah. yeah it was, it's uh, like a terminal. What a scary world we live in. 
Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. I don't understand how no one vetted this. Like ESPN talked about how, um, you know, they basically hire a company to like schedule their high school games that gets put uh, on there. Someone hired them. Someone hired the consulting company and you're going to have to answer questions, man. Like the the Uh, scene is hot. The scene is hot. ESPN just released a statement and through the third party consulting firm that they use under the bus. And they were just like, yeah, I mean, we just assume they know what they're doing. So it's not on us. It's on them. So, uh, yeah, if you get some time today, Kate, I would highly recommend reading up on uh, some of the stories that have come out about the fake high school football program that found themselves on ESPN earlier this week. Uh, We do have a ton of news to get to uh, biggest story of the week, the new England Patriots released quarterback Cam Newton. He is on the open market. I don't think Cam is done. I would assume that he's going to land somewhere. I don't know if he's going to be a starter this year, uh, but I don't think Cam Newton's career is over or anything like that. He looks pretty good for the Patriots in the preseason. Uh, despite what Bill Belichick says, I believe, have to believe that Cam Newton not being vaccinated played a part in this because he wound up missing time. That gave them an opportunity to get a look at Mac Jones leading their first string offense. And Mac Jones has looked really good. So the Mac Jones era in New England has already begun. He's going to start week one for the New England Patriots. How do you guys feel about Mac Jones? And what do you think is the next move for Cam Newton? I'm really excited for hashtag Mac Jones season. Um, I think this is going to be a very, very interesting week one, especially um, considering the the overall narrative. We've got the battle of the Alabama quarterbacks. We've got Tua Tagovailoa. We've got Mac Jones. And, uh, you know, obviously Mac Jones uh, took over at the cusp of a tragic injury, um, but it'll be nice to see both of these players fully healthy. Um, And honestly, I think both of these these guys are in for a, a pretty big challenge when we look at their defensive matchups in week one. Um, this is going to be a very interesting, interesting game. But uh, I said it on Twitter. I can't imagine that the Houston Texans aren't knocking down the door for Cam Newton at this point. Yeah, that w- those that would probably be the two teams that I would think off the top of my head, just in terms of like investment that they have at quarterback and then the actual quarterbacks that they have in the room, Houston and then the Eagles being the teams. Um, Part of the problem though, is if cams unvaccinated, you have like that four or five day like dead period where like he has to get like eased into the locker room, I guess is like kind of the league's approach to it. So yeah, they have like that, that quarantine period. Right. Um, but you know what? Honestly, maybe the best approach for Cam Newton period would probably be to hold back, uh, wait, because obviously we've seen so many injuries in this preseason so far. The best bet for Cam Newton at this point to really capitalize on uh, his potential to make money in the 2021 season would be to hang back, wait until, you know, the inevitable knock on wood first quarterback injury and be like, Hey guys, I'm, I'm available if anybody needs a quarterback. Uh, And then he's got, he's suddenly got all of the leverage in the world uh, when he's hitting the free agent market. I I would kind of like that for Cam Newton. The one tricky thing about that though, right. Is like, 
So if a quarterback gets hurt on Sunday, we sign Cam Newton. He can't be on the practice field till Thursday. We're already basically doing walkthroughs. That's yeah. that's like the weird kind of like timing with all the COVID stuff and him being unvaccinated where it's like, do we want to wait four days for Cam Newton or should we just trade for Jimmy Garoppolo or something? You know, it's kind of like a weird situation to be in. I mean, the world the world is weird right now. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why I don't buy what Bill Belichick was trying to sell when he met with the media saying that it had nothing to do with him not being vaccinated because we know it can cost NFL teams games this year. And Cam Newton, if he gets COVID or gets exposed, then you run the risk of him exposing your entire quarterback room. And that just feels like the type of nonsense that Bill Belichick's just not trying to deal with. And so I think that has something to do with it. I do want to see Cam end up somewhere. I don't think he's done. Uh, you know, fantastic player, Hall of Fame caliber player, in my opinion, who. Wow, that's doctored, bold. He doctored one of the greatest college football seasons we've ever seen from an individual player and then just carried a Carolina Panthers team on his back to a 15 and one record and a Super Bowl appearance. That Carolina Panthers team had no business being 15 and one that season. It's one of the most inexplicable NFL seasons I've ever seen. So. I do hope that Cam Newton uh, lands somewhere. I think Denver would be an intriguing option. Would you guys rather see Cam as their starting quarterback or Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke? Cam, easy. In terms of like entertainment value, for sure. I'm taking, give me Cam games over Teddy games. Easily. Oh, That's not even I, a question I definitely think entertainment for the quarterback position, yes. Um, I would take Cam Newton, but I said it last week. I do think that you know, we're going to see plenty of production from the receiving core in Denver. Uh, we had Melvin Gordon out there looking healthy. I think this is going to be a fun offense to watch regardless. So, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to spare Denver uh, the the trauma of going through yet another quarterback battle um, and say, I, I want to ship him somewhere else. Let's give let's get somebody else in there. Um, you know, let, let's get cam newton into a different offense let's shake stuff up somewhere else denver's been through enough cam's tall enough for elway right that's always the elway thing where he's like yeah <laughs> you got to be like six four or bigger well cam newton's Girl. definitely big um some devastating news for uh me personally and a lot of my fantasy rosters headed into the regular season vikings tight end irv smith one of my favorite sleeper candidates this season is probably done for the season. He did have a meniscus surgery. It's likely that he's going to be out for four to five months, likely ending his 2021 season. The Vikings traded for Jets tight end Chris Herndon earlier this week. Uh, again, I am just absolutely devastated by the Irv Smith injury. I hope he comes back and is healthy, but super bummed that I'm not going to get to see him as a part of that offense this year. Chris Herndon of Jets lore. He was actually one of the six players you got to remember how weak that jets roster was when they announced their new uniforms that herndon was one of the six players who was out there modeling the uniforms and he was the last one that was on the roster because the other guys were like jamal adams robbie anderson sam oh, darnold no. they're also not in the jets so we have now closed the door on the players who are the models for the uniforms from the jets that was like Two years ago. That's another thing, too, that like 
I don't think people necessarily understand how fast these rosters turn around in the NFL, especially on the low end. So like, especially on the Jets. Yeah. But like not even just the Jets. So like the Bengals this year, right? Zach Taylor's going into year three. This is a team like made of his vision, you know, or it's, we, we don't have to say Zach Taylor's young anymore. We're going into year three. Like if he can't win this year, pull the plug. Yeah, definitely think uh, we've we've seen him earn plenty of those uh, opportunities. We've seen him blow plenty of those opportunities. It kind of gets to the point where it's put up or shut up for Zach Taylor. They have, uh, you know, a lot of great uh, offensive pieces, obviously still questions on the offensive line, um, but there are just as many questions on the defense. I don't think they've really put together a uh, roster that has changed enough in my perspective uh, to be, like confident that Zach Taylor is going to have a job this season. But um, I mean, Irv Smith, like I think the biggest takeaway here and correct me if I'm wrong guys. um, But, you know, I've heard a lot about Justin Jefferson to the moon uh, since this injury occurred, but I think we're forgetting about Sir Adam Thielen who led all Vikings uh, skill players in end zone targets by a pretty significant margin. Um, had 20 end zone targets last season. Justin Jefferson had the second most on the team. Does anybody know how many end zone targets Justin Jefferson had to Adam Thielen's 20? Seven. Eight. So he he more than doubled him. um, And now we have, uh, you know, seven end zone. You know, we can go over the concept of whether or not, you know, vacated targets are a thing, but um, you know, Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph accounted for seven end zone targets, which are very, those are like undoubtedly the most valuable targets. Um, you know, I, I do think that Adam Thielen is being grossly underdrafted. So uh, guys, if you have fantasy drafts left, I think Adam Thielen's the way to go here. Yeah, I'm not in a big hurry to rush out if you've already done your drafts to rush out to the waiver wire and, and pick up Chris Herndon. And, you know, if you still have your drafts coming up this weekend, I'm not going out of my way to draft Chris Herndon. Uh, He is going to be available super late in your draft, so he could be like a flyer. He's a player that showed promise as a rookie tight end, and maybe we can blame it all on Adam Gase, but he just hasn't been productive since then. So there is some opportunity there. Uh, We'll see, but uh, I'm with you, Kate. I would uh, take a... I'd take a longer look at Adam Thielen in my fantasy drafts after the injury to Irv Smith. Uh, a couple of about the value. Yes, got tremendous value. Um, the Panthers cut wide receiver David Moore. That could mean huge things for my guy Terrace Marshall, uh, one of my favorite rookie wide receivers. I'm really excited for this Panthers offense, and we might have some bold predictions later on this week one matchup against the Jets and Panthers. This is legitimately like the most intriguing Jets Panthers game that has ever been on an NFL schedule. I don't know how many times the Jets and Panthers have played over the years off the top of my head, but I'm willing to go out on a limb and say there's never been a more intriguing Jets Panthers game on an NFL regular season schedule. Just point blank Jets or Panthers. We don't even need to combine them into one matchup. Um, I, I feel like this is the most interesting game for uh, both teams, probably separately uh, in however many years. Yeah, we haven't seen like Jets Panthers revenge game potential. I don't think in my lifetime. And this is big time anxiety 
uh, game in terms of like you're either going to have buyer's remorse on Sam Darnold or you're going to have Jets fans being like, see, we should have just kept him and then drafted like an offensive lineman or something. And I mean, let's not forget about the fact that we just had Tony Romo come out uh, and just absolutely make a call on rookie quarterback Zach Wilson. He made a statement that said he's he's already like a top. What do you say? Top five quarterback um, compared him to Patrick Mahomes, which we've all we've heard the many comparisons of Zach Wilson to Patrick Mahomes and their ability to throw off platform and. Um, the, the ability that he has to basically just like thread the needle when he shouldn't be able to do that. Um, but Tony Romo coming out and I think we've all, uh, come to regard Tony Romo, Tony Romo as, um, one of our favorite analysts in the game. And I feel like this is a pretty bold, bold statement, uh, for him coming out of the gate here. I love Tony Romo, but uh, I, I feel like he he jumped the gun a little bit. On yeah, is he, is he Tony Romo is going to come out here and say like, yeah, he's the best best Wilson quarterback in the NFL? I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> let's calm down. Let's calm down just a little. Let's uh, yeah, let's see how this Week One matchup uh, plays out. Uh, one more quick note, uh, Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton was placed on IR. He's going to miss at least the first three weeks of the season. That could have some implications for that Colts wide receiver group. Uh, but I do want to hit a quick timeout because when we get back, we've got a ton of bold predictions for week one of the NFL season. That's coming up next on NFL Reacts. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. So y'all put the kids to bed. I'm betting one more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. I'm joined by Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. as well as Kate Majuk of DK Nation. Week one is around the corner and we've got some week one bold predictions across the National Football League. I'm very excited about this. Uh, I can't wait. We're getting so close. I'm so ready for football to start, guys. So let's get into it. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kick off the 2020 NFL season next Thursday night. 
I'm putting it out there. I'm ready to go for it. I think the Dallas Cowboys beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night to open the football season, assuming Dak Prescott's healthy and good to go. That's explain that's yourself. Explain yourself. Yeah, but what, what does that game look like to you? Is my I think we're thinking reaction. of different games. I think it's going to be an offensive shootout. I'm assuming Dak Prescott is going to be fully healthy and good to go week one. And if he is, I think that Dak Prescott is going to have a monster season with that Cowboys offense. They can put up points with anybody, in my opinion. And I know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are coming off of a Super Bowl. Uh, Bruce Arians confirmed earlier that they are 100% vaccinated players and coaching staff. I think they're the first team in the NFL to uh, come out and say that they've got everybody fully vaccinated. They're good to go. They're ready for the regular season. I just have my doubts a little bit. I think Tampa Bay is a Super Bowl contender. I think they're going to be one of the best teams in football. I'm just really feeling the Dallas Cowboys. Like, that's really all it is. I don't know if there's any logic to my pick here. I'm just willing to go out and put it out there because I don't know if a lot of people are betting on the Cowboys. I loved them last season. I love them this year. I think that offense is going to be absolutely incredible. And I think they're gonna they're gonna shock the Bucks a little bit. I know their defense is pretty good in Tampa Bay, but I still have question marks about that secondary here and there. And I think that they can beat them on Thursday night. Steven, the Cowboys are plus three hundred over on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. I would say uh, Vegas is Vegas is against you, but um, like you said, sometimes you get those little little tinglys. Uh, maybe you don't have. Uh, the analysis to back it up, but I've had the tinglys before and I've been right on them. So if this is a, uh, a you know, a money line bet you're feeling, I like the plus 300 odds because we know that the Cowboys offense is very good. Um, we, you know, we just haven't seen them have all of their pieces on the field through the preseason. So they've looked kind of, <laughs> uh, and it's really hard to bet against Tom Brady, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not hating it. Um, I think the plus 300 odds feel a little uneven for um, what we know the the Cowboys offense to be. Obviously, there are more questions on defense, but, uh, you know, throw Micah Parsons into the mix. They they have plenty of playmakers there to make this a much closer game than, than Vegas is projecting. Yeah, that's a great point. That's what I was going to say is the difference to me in those teams is on the defensive end. It's not really the offensive side of the ball, but if the Cowboys are going to compete you know, make some plays, get some turnovers on defense in the same way that like Tampa can. The big key is going to be like Mike Parsons. All right, let's see it because <laughs> they're doing a lot of stuff with him right now. Um, They're kind of using him like Dante Hightower where he's not necessarily like a stack linebacker all the time where he'll drop down to the line of scrimmage and they'll say, hey, you're a freak athlete. Go do freak athlete things and kind of turn him loose as like a pass rusher almost. Um, So I think that's going to be really interesting to watch because Micah Parsons definitely could be like a pivot point, like win condition type of player where it's like we have to handle him every single play. Oh, and he's so he's a physical dude. He's a great athlete. Um, And you know what I love most in uh, Hard Knocks, if you guys have been watching, uh, I want to say it was episode uh, two, um, maybe or episode three, where he he got pulled from the game. He got like one drive, I think, uh, and, and got pulled from the game. And you heard him barking up a storm uh, once he got on the phone with his coaching staff. And he was like, put me in, coach, put me in, put me in. I'm ready for more. Like, he was hungry. 
he's very, very, uh, he is a hungry gentleman. Uh, and I think that he's, he's very ready, uh, spiritually. And I think he's very ready mentally, uh, to kick the season off. There's a very realistic chance the Cowboys defense is trash. All right. I get it. I understand (laughs) that. I acknowledge it. But they have made investments there to try to beef that defense up a little bit. I think it's going to be a little bit better with the offense, with Dak. I think they can go toe-to-toe with Tampa Bay. Maybe all logic says that I shouldn't feel that way. But that's where I'm going because it's bold predictions in week one time. And I'm ready to put myself out there for the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, people can crush me if they get absolutely railroaded by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to kick off the season. Uh, My second bold prediction, Colts wide receiver Paris Campbell. I already mentioned they just placed T.Y. Hilton on IR. Paris Campbell, a sleeper wide receiver for me. Uh, I think he's being underdrafted because of his injury history so far in his first two NFL seasons. I think he is the Colts leading wide receiver in week one. I absolutely love Paris Campbell. Again, you're going to have to sell me on this one because it's all uh, it's all either Michael Pittman for me, or I feel like we could see a surprise monster game from Mo Alley Cox, uh, just given the the situation, given his quarterback under center. Sounds like Carson Wentz will be uh, the go-to guy, leads all quarterbacks in terms of number of targets to the tight end position over the last three seasons. Y- you got to sell me because I really could picture a Uh, tight end leaving this game as the leading receiver in week one. I think that the Colts love Paris Campbell. They were hyping him up all off season last year prior to, I think he got injured in week two and he got the most targets of any wide receiver in that week one game. So I was super high on him last season. I think that he's a talented player who's just had bad luck with injuries so far in his career. And I get the Michael Pittman hype. I think he's a talented player. My rule of thumb is I don't draft USC wide receivers, so I don't trust Michael Pittman's upside. And so that has something to do with me being so high on Paris Campbell. I just think he's a really talented player, and I think he's got an opportunity there to have a big impact in week one and hopefully throughout the NFL season as he can step into that T.Y. Hilton role while they're waiting for him to get healthy. Do you think the Colts are going to try to like throw the ball early on in the game? Like the first two plays of that game are going to be run, run. I mean, you simply don't it's probably just going to be the method uh, throughout the entire, I think it's just going to be run, run, pass three and out, run, run, pass three and out. Um, but I think Jonathan Taylor is going to touch the ball uh, plenty. I, who knows? Maybe we could be shocked and odd and we might see Naeem Hines who uh, was very heavily utilized within this offense last season as a receiver Maybe we'll see Naeem Hines just kick off the season right like he did full blast in 2020, took week one by storm. Yeah, I just don't know if you want Jacob Eason like deciding games for you potentially in week one. That that would be oh, my you mean biggest Sam concern. Ellinger. Is it going to be El- Ellinger? Whoever oh, is sure. the starting quarterback. I just it's think not Eason. It's not Eason. Get out of here. If it's if it's Ellinger, uh, they might run three straight downs and just run the option. I mean, at that point, why not? <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying the Colts are gonna come out here and throw for 400 passing yards in week one against the Seahawks. Although I do think the Seahawks secondary isn't great, their defensive line not great. I think you can put up points against that Seahawks defense. 
but I just think he's going to be their leading wide receiver. Now that might be like five for 56, but he's going to be their leading wide receiver in week one. That's my bold prediction for the Indianapolis Colts. If if Russell Wilson loses week one to the Colts, I'll, I'll be with uh, Tony Romo on the Wilson Wilson take. I, I can do it. That's <laughs> I, what would get me there. I think the, I think the Seahawks are going to be a letdown a little bit this year, but uh, maybe that's they got a tough schedule. It's a tough division, yeah. man. Yeah. Every week, it's an extremely tough division, and I just don't think that they've done enough to improve everybody around Russell Wilson. Like that offense is going to be good, but I have huge question marks about the defense. Uh, next bold prediction: I think Jaguars running back James Robinson has an absolutely monster week in week one, uh, like potentially like top five, top three fantasy running back that week with multiple touchdowns. I think everything is aligning for James Robinson to go off in week one against the Houston Texans. Oh, this is like my favorite of your, we can finally, finally get on board with one of your bold predictions, Stephen. Bravo. I give my, I, I tip my hat to you. James Robinson is absolutely one of my favorite, favorite plays in the week. And um, I mean, the Houston, Houston defense, I mean, I, I can't imagine that uh, there's, there's going to be a need to, uh, to throw the ball on behalf of the Jaguars because Houston's not going to be doing much on offense, but their run defense, who do they have defending the run I don't know I can't figure it out yeah and I think this is this is great for James Robinson just in terms of like me supporting him from afar because last year as a late round rookie right did very good things and then Urban gets in the room and all you hear is Urban and both James Robinson after talking to Urban saying like yeah he either needs to get faster or we're going to move on to a different running back because we want more speed well, it's September now, and James Robinson is clearly their best running back, and ETN never even took real true reins in that backfield. Um, I don't know what Urban has with speed. I think he's just used to having faster players than everyone else. Like this past week after cutdowns, they asked him, you know, do you have enough speed at wide receiver? And he was like, no. It's like, what What are you saying? No? You just made your 53-man roster. You had an entire offseason to – to build your team. How are you saying you're not happy with the guys you have there? Like you made decisions. You got to live with them. So yeah, I'm just I, happy. James Robinson like is back in the mix. Cause I think a guy like that, especially late round guy, it's so tough to do what James Robinson did in the league as a rookie. And then to have that just like taken away from him almost immediately with the drafting of Travis Etienne, like that just kind of sucks. So I'm, I'm happy for him personally. Well, I mean, already last season, uh, we saw just how bad the Texans were against the run. Uh, running backs red, let, bleh, running backs ran all over the Houston Texans in 2021. Um, I don't see that being any different. I looked up the stats for running backs against the Texans. Texans allowed the most rushing yards to the running back position in the NFL by a significant margin allowed 2,332 rushing yards and 21 touchdowns to opposing running backs. Uh, the next highest yardage allowed to the running backs was the Cow uh, Dallas Cowboys who allowed 2,036. So you had the Texans allow almost 300 more rushing yards than any other defense in the NFL. 
and somehow they've gotten worse this off season. Um, I, I mean, I, I think James Robinson uh, could be a lock for a top five running back in week one. Out of all of the research that I do headed in the NFL season, uh, I think I've done the least amount on the Houston Texans. Like, can you guys name a, a single player on that defense? I got Justin Reed. I think that's it for the Houston Texans. I think that's the only player I can name on their defense. I used to be able to say Shaq Lawson, but they traded him. So Do they still have Whitney Merciless. Is he still? Is he? There's still no way. He's he's a free uh, agent. I thought we just got a, a thing about uh, an injury alert about. A Whitney merciless injury, but uh, I mean, maybe maybe I'm incorrect. The point being, they are a bad football team. He's got a hamstring. Yeah, he is a gotcha. Texan. He I am wrong. Texans. Oh man, good for Whitney. I'm glad Whitney's still hanging on. Yeah, just keep that bag going. Why why move? Yeah, you could be like Ring of Honor or something. Who else does Houston have up there? It's like Andre Johnson, JJ Watt. Yeah, Whitney merciless. I guess. Yeah, it was a mass exodus and. You know what? It's it's beautiful news for James Robinson managers for fantasy football. Yes, the Texans are going to be a very bad football team. And that's that's going to be like the New York Jets were if you were in a survivor league, you picked against the Jets every week last season or every week that you possibly could. The Texans are that team this year. So play your fantasy guys against the Texans, pick against them in survivor. They are the lock every week to have like one win this season. So uh, they're an absolutely terrible team right now. Uh, next bold prediction, Eagles wide receiver Quez Watkins is the team's wide receiver one against the Falcons in week one of the NFL season. I'm not saying year long. I love Devontae Smith. I just think that Quez Watkins has a chance to be their leading wide receiver in the week one matchup. I love it. I love it. All the speed in the world. Um, I, I think that this, uh, this is interesting. It's the only tough thing is I'm still attached, if you will, to Zach Ertz and I'm getting more attached, uh, the closer we get to week one kickoff. Is there any world that you guys can see Zach Ertz being, uh, an obstacle for Quez Watkins to overcome this fantasy season? Cause we've seen the flashes so of course we're all very excited to see what uh, what he's going to be able to accomplish. But I don't know. I'm kind of feeling a, a, a I'm feeling a Zach Ertz resurgence this year. I don't know if it's Ertz that's really the obstacle as much as Goddard, um, just because of how they play their personnel. You know, the Eagles and the Colts, which Sirianni is coming from, both use you know two tight end sets pretty frequently, and just terms of you know, numbers wise, you get five skill players, basically, right? A running back's going to be on the field no matter what. If you want three receivers, you get one tight end. If you get two tight ends, you get two wide receivers. So if they're going to be feeding, you know, Jalen Rager and Devonta Smith um, reps and Quez Watkins is kind of their third guy, then he's not going to be out there in two tight end sets. So Dallas is on the field. That keeps Quez off is kind of like how I'm thinking about this. I just got a feeling. I love my guy Quez. I I think that Jalen Hurts really likes Quez Watkins, and the Eagles like Quez Watkins. Uh, I don't trust Jalen Rieger. I I just think that Quez Watkins is going to have an opportunity to make some plays in Week One. So I I really like him. I'm really feeling him as, as a uh, deep dart throw in like my daily lineups and stuff in Week One. So I will have Quez Watkins all over the place. My next bold prediction. I know Kate's going to love this one. 
I think the Pittsburgh Steelers take down the Buffalo Bills in week one. I, I just don't have any faith in the Bills this season. I've talked to you guys about that quite a bit. Yeah, I um, you're going to have to sell me on this too. I, Steven, you're going like balls to the walls this week. I'm, I'm tripping out here. Um, I'm obviously very thrilled to hear that. Um, but, you know, I, I think, again, this probably just comes back to the fact that the bills uh, seem distracted, distractible. Uh, you know, we've talked about the the COVID-19 vaccination issue. Um, I definitely think this is going to be a closer game than, you know, just the community in general is going to project because um, let's see, they have the Buffalo bills on DraftKings Sportsbook at six and a half point favorites. Um, I, I could see this being a much closer contest. The money line for the Pittsburgh Steelers at plus two fifty. Um, I they're not really even uh, in uh, closely in this conversation in terms of uh, do they have the potential to win this one? I I like it. I think it's going to be a close one. But I, what do you think, Justice? I think this is going to be a fun game to watch because the Steelers are going to be debuting that new offense. Um, with all the shifts and motions that Matt Canada is going to run that we've talked about a little bit. I don't know if, I don't know how good I feel about the Steelers uh, winning that game, but there's enough, there's going to be enough weird stuff there with what the Steelers run offensively and then defensively, how aggressive they are sending all those blitzers that I think it's going to be hard to practice for. And when you're talking about a team that's hard to practice for in week one, you know, a lot of times those games are decided by a tip of a ball or like, can a guy get a hand on like a dropped pass that turns into an interception? Like I think like entertainment value, it's going to be a really interesting game. And I, I don't think there's going to be that many plays that are going to be the difference in the game. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I think it just comes back to like what Kate mentioned. It's, the off season and the bills vaccine battles and everything that they're going through with that. They just seem like a team that, you know, coming off an AFC championship game appearance, I just think they're primed and ready to have a letdown year where the expectation is super bowl, but all of the things that you're allowing uh, to become distractions for you headed into the year wind up piling on and they, they wind up hurting you. I just have faith in the Steelers offense, that passing attack, uh, Najee Harris, I, I just think they're going to be able to put up points. I think they're going to surprise people. So I, I'm willing to go out on a limb there in week one. Uh, another game that I want to go out on a limb on, the Raiders and the Ravens on Monday night football. I don't have a ton of faith in the Raiders overall this season, but I actually think the Raiders pull off the upset over the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night football to open the season. I don't trust the Ravens right now with the JK Dobbins injury. Uh, Rashad Bateman just went to IR. He's going to be out for a little while. We don't really have a timetable exactly on when he's going to return. Sammy Watkins has been hurt. Hollywood Brown has been hurt. I just don't have faith in what the Ravens are going through right now with injuries. And I think that makes them primed and ready for an upset in week one. Yeah, I think that's fair. And that spread is weird, too. I mean, you're talking about best bets. I think this is probably one of them. You know, the Raiders are four-point underdogs at home, which means in Baltimore, they'd be 10-point underdogs. Baltimore is way too banged up to earn that level of respect. Not to say, like, I'm not one of the people who's like, the NFL is going to figure out Lamar Jackson. It's kind of hard to figure out 
okay, the quarterback on the field is faster than everyone. That's not really something that you can game plan for. You just kind of got to live with the reality. With that being said, the rest of the Ravens are pretty banged up, and I don't understand why we're thinking of them as like that caliber. Um, that's almost like Chiefs levels of respect, and I don't think they can go toe-to-toe with that team right now. Yeah, it's just they're – they're just banged up. And, you know, I think that they thought they were really going to get a big addition when they signed Sammy Watkins. But uh, everyone does until they get Sammy Watkins. I've I've said it for years covering him here in Kansas City. I think Sammy's a good dude. Uh, I like his talent. But I said it for years about him that Sammy's got heavy feet. Like Sammy, if you watch him run, Sammy slaps the ground with his feet when he runs. I, I, I will go to my grave saying that has something to do with some of the injuries and why he's always struggled to stay healthy. But they had to have expected that they weren't going to have a full season of Sammy Watkins, and it really doesn't seem like he's going to be available week one. I, I just think there's an opportunity there for the Raiders to pull off a big upset to open the season. And my last bold prediction, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones both have over 100 receiving yards in week one against the Arizona Cardinals. I I don't hate this either. Uh, I I will say this is my second favorite take of yours, Stephen. I I don't I don't hate it at all. Um, I think you know there have been plenty of questions too about the Titans, so we do think we need to mention that when tempering expectations. I, we've tempered expectations for the Bills. I've wondered if we need to have similar concerns for the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, they just had their own mini COVID outbreak there. Uh, but it, it's just going to be so impossibly difficult to stop this offense with Derrick Henry running the ball. I, I mean, Ryan Tannehill has looked so, um, so fantastic in this uh, offensive efficiency, and they're going to be very hard to beat. Uh, the the Cardinals secondary, there's there's just not enough there. Uh, period. Uh, like I, I feel like they don't have enough there to cover one top NFL wide receiver, let alone two. Yeah. And the Cardinals do, if you watch the preseason games, the Cardinals, a lot of the, they have a lot of young high upside defenders. The problem that comes with that is the reason that the Cardinals were able to get them is because they're raw. So you'll see a lot of stuff where it's like Isaiah Simmons looking at his Mike linebacker and being like, where am I supposed to line up? So, like, there's a lot of that going on in the preseason. Sometimes, um, you know, Zayvon Collins, I don't think is super confident in what he's seeing out of the backfield. Like, he'll get straight run coming at him, and he's, like, still dropping back into pass coverage. So (laughs) there's a lot of that stuff. And when you're talking about an Arizona team that we know wants to throw the ball to a certain extent, just them wanting to throw the ball and them probably playing from behind is going to put you in a situation where you're going to want to throw the ball just to keep up with them in the shootout. So if you're going to throw the rock, uh, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, not a bad combo to throw it to. Yes. I am very excited for that wide receiver duo this year. Uh, I think they're both a little banged up right now, but they should be fine to play in week one and the Titans defense is certainly questionable, but I think their offense has like top five potential. If everybody stays healthy, they can be absolutely explosive. And I think they've got a good opportunity to do that 
against the Cardinals, who are actually pretty banged up right now, too, on the defensive side of the ball. So we'll see how that plays out in week one. I think A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are going to be monsters, and I, I can't wait to watch them play. Uh, but before the Titans we allowed out- the second most fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position uh, and ranked second in the NFL among all teams uh, to allow touchdowns to the wide receiver position. I like it. I like it a lot because they haven't done much to help their cause there either. Yes, it's going to be fun. So I, I'm very excited for that. Uh, before we get out of here, Justice, do you have a favorite bet to drop some cash on in week one? Well, you already t- we already talked about that Raiders game. So I'll go to my next one, which is Cleveland plus six at Kansas City. I think just from like a motivational standpoint, Cleveland has to know this is their window. Like all the little things that John Dorsey is doing where it's like, hey, we're going to get Malik McDowell on the bench because we already signed uh, Jadavian Clowney in the offseason. All those things go away once you pay Baker, right? So this is your window. Your window is building this team, John Dorsey just cranking it up to 11 on just like we're adding talent, we're ignoring everything else. This isn't a long-term build. We're just adding talent to the team. All that goes away the moment you pay Baker. So this is the window. Once you pay Baker, you become a different team. So if you're going to win one, it has to be now. So if you're Cleveland and you lose by more than a touchdown to Kansas City, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year when Kansas City still trying to get their stuff figured out, um, that would be a very bad sign. So I think this is almost like a, uh, what would you say, like a referendum where it's like you have like, if you cannot keep up with Kansas City in week one and at least keep it within a score, you have bigger problems structurally, orga- organizationally, than just losing that one game. So I think Cleveland has to keep it within a touchdown. Yeah, I think that they have to look like they're a team that's on the rise. I, I can't yes. wait for that week one game. I don't think that my Browns are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, but I do think it's going to be a really good football game. I think the Browns are going to show up uh, second year of that Kevin Stefanski offense. Odell's back and healthy. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and their offensive line is absolutely stacked. Uh, I just think it's all aligning for the Browns to be a really good football team in the AFC. I'm really excited about that game. That's getting me juiced. Uh, He's Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. You can follow him on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. She's Kate Majuk of DK Nation. You can follow her on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week.